Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our evening service tonight. Um, again, this is uh, a little bit strange, but um, we miss you dearly. But we do trust God. We trust in His providence that He will allow us to again uh, fellowship. Uh, but for now, um, this is the way that we can at least reach you. And we do trust that as you join us, for the service tonight, that it will be a blessing to you, it will be a blessing to your family, and as well to um, new guests that join us for the first time. Uh, so if you are listening, tuning in for the first time uh, tonight, a special welcome to you, um, and a welcome as well to the rest of our regulars. Um, our call to worship for tonight is found in Psalm 138, um, that is Psalm 138. And it says, I give thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods. I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have, exal for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of my soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. So before we worship together, let me just open us in a word of prayer. So precious God, it is with great joy that, Lord, we gather together. And Lord, even in this strange way that we know, Lord, is not how you have originally intended it. But God, we do want to say thank you that you have provided us a means to reach out to your people. I pray, Father, that the songs that we sing and your word that goes forth today, that God, you would bless it. I pray, Father, that you would allow your word to reach and penetrate the hearts of your people, that God, you would encourage them in whatever season they may be. God, I pray that you would be at work this evening and Lord, help us to not get distracted. Lord, being home, there's uh, so many distractions around us. But I pray even, Lord, for this hour or so that you'd help us to just be zoned in. Zoned in to what you have prepared for us. And we pray, Lord, that um, tonight your word will not return void. So bless this time, even as we sing songs of praise to you. May we sing them from hearts that genuinely acknowledge that, God, you are God. And you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, Amen. Good morning, Central Baptist. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that in spite of this uh, next season of stricter lockdown uh, that doesn't enable us to come together, we thank you that we can still come together digitally like this, um, as it were. And we thank you that we can continue to worship you in our homes uh, we thank you for the opportunity to listen to your word being preached. And uh, Lord, as your people this morning, we want to acknowledge your sovereignty in light of all of the trial and tribulation that we are seeing and experiencing around us. Father, we need to be reminded daily uh, of your hand, uh, your sovereign hand in governing this world, in governing our lives. And Lord, we want to acknowledge that we don't understand uh, every aspect of your sovereign reign. Uh, we don't understand uh, why everything happens. We don't have answers for all of the questions. But Lord, this morning we want to honor you for who you are and the fact that we can rest in the hands of the one who is in control of all things. And Lord, this morning we want to raise up to you a number of people uh, too many to mention in one prayer this morning. But Father, we want to pray for Daniel Mole uh, struggling with COVID. We want to lift up Leslie Mills to you who has just lost her mother. Father, won't you be near to her and the family? 
encourage them and uh, give them peace at this time, Lord. Father, we want to pray very specially for Yvette, uh, who is not only battling cancer, but is also struggling with COVID, Lord. We pray for your healing hand on her. And uh, we pray for her family too, as they go through this trial with her. Lord, we pray for one of our elders, Patrick Ntombo, who's also positive with COVID. Pray that you would be with him and help him to heal. We pray for Brad and Sarah. We pray for Quinton and Taz and little Paige. Uh, Lord, we want to especially lift up to you Kevin and Anita. Anita at home with COVID and Kevin in hospital with COVID. Lord, won't you touch his body and heal him, we pray. Uh, Father, we also want to pray for Rona, uh, who's just been struggling physically. And uh, once again, Lord, we want to pray for Sean, uh, who's in need of a job. And we just pray that you would, in this difficult time, Lord, that you would um, provide an opportunity of employment for him, Lord. Father, another person who has lost a loved one is Wambui, who's lost her dad. And we just pray that you would be near her at this time, encourage her and uh, give her and the family a real sense of your presence, Lord. Father, for Anne and her daughter who also have COVID. And then, Lord, we want to pray uh, for Hayden Gosling, who's recovering uh, from a fall, Lord. And Father, there are many more names that could be mentioned. But Lord, we want to pray that you would be near us in this time. Those who are struggling, the anxiety that comes with the trials that uh, we are going through collectively, individually, in families. Lord, I pray that you would help us to lift our eyes to the hills uh, from where our help comes. Lord, we thank you that you are the rock that remains unshaken. Uh, the stable foundation on which we can lay our hope. And Lord, we celebrate that as we worship you this morning. We celebrate who you are and uh, all of the gaps and the mess in this world are made up uh, when we look to you, the perfect one uh, who holds our lives in his hands. Lord, we praise you for that. And we pray that as we listen to your word being preached this morning, that you would speak to our hearts. Teach us, Lord, help us to see what needs to be cut off and what needs to be put on in our lives. Lord, help us. Uh, to honor you in our minds and our hearts this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So just a few announcements even before we go into uh, the preaching of God's word tonight. Uh, firstly, we had a great prayer session on Thursday, um, even in light of the sermon tonight. Um, I'd like to encourage this church to uh, just continue in that attitude of prayer. It was really good to see so many people come out to pray. Um, and it was even a blessed time praying together as a body. Um, I would like to encourage you even now in this season when we don't see each other uh, physically to just continue um, praying for us, praying for each other, and as well just praying for uh, the ministry of God's Word. Um, also, as you know, due to the, the level 4 um, restrictions, we have no activity happening in the church. Um, but again, we want to really appeal to you to please pick up the phone and call a member, uh, call someone you share a role with. Um, don't just call your friends. Uh, it's easier for me to call uh, people I'm accustomed to. Um, but call a wide range of people um, just to be an encouragement and a blessing to them. If you can't call, send a WhatsApp, send an email, whatever it is that you do. Uh, but just do it uh, just to show the love of Christ to the body. Also, as you know, Wednesday night Bible studies will continue with Pastor Charles um, as we've been digging through the book of Romans. Uh, please do join us for that, especially now that we don't have any Bible studies. Invite someone to join you as well um, as you sit in your lounge and as you watch the Bible study. Uh, please be sure uh, to use that as well as a, as a ministry tool um, to invite people to come know more about God. I mean, lastly, you know, all our Sunday services are being streamed. Uh, streamed at half past um, eight on a Sunday morning and as well at six o'clock um, on Sunday night. So again, use this as well. Share the link um, right now. Um, as you're watching this, share the link to a friend, share it on your family group. Um, it's, it's a great opportunity uh, to plug God's word in the lives of the people that you are connected to. So uh, as you might be aware, we've been uh, going through the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians to be exact, um, and, and tonight we find ourselves in chapter 3, and we'll be considering the theme, um, the two-way street of ministry, that is the two-way street of ministry. So if you do have your Bibles and you haven't turned there already, 
Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we'll start our reading from verse 1 to verse 5. That is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we'll start our reading from verse 1 to verse 5. If you're there, just shout Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> All right, from verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the Lord, sorry, that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Verse 4. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Just join me as we pray together again. God, as I come here as minister of your word, Lord, even as I'm about to speak about today, Lord, if if you don't go before me, God, you, that which I speak will not produce fruit. God, I pray that it will be your spirit that will minister in the hearts and lives of your people tonight as they receive your word. Lord, I pray that uh, you would fertilize the soil, that as the seed goes in, it would germinate, Lord, to fruit of Christ-likeness. I pray that as I speak, that God, I wouldn't be a hindrance to your word, that God, my own sin and my own fallibility Lord, would not hinder the work that you are doing. So Lord, help me to speak as one who's been sent by you. Lord, I pray that you would shut my mouth of things that are not of you and help me, God, to speak only that which you have laid upon my heart. And I pray, Lord, that even now as you go through your word, Lord, I know this is, for many, this is not easy. But I pray that for this time as we just share in God's word together, that you'd help us to remain attentive and Lord, to be able to, to hear that you prepared for us and most importantly, apply it in our lives. So please, won't you bless our time together? Bless the reading and preaching of God's word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we start, I actually thought uh, we could start with an exercise. So um, if you have a piece of paper or if not, just, just think with me in your mind. The exercise that I want us to briefly do is I want you to draft up for a moment or two. What do you think are the responsibilities or the roles of an elder? So for a moment, either draft it in your mind or if you've got a piece of paper, um, on one side of the paper, just draft out what are the roles and responsibilities of an elder? I'll give you a few moments. If you're with a group of people, feel free to discuss with them as well. Ten more seconds. All right, in time. All right, so you, you have this one column down now. Now, on the other side of your paper, I want you to write down what do you think are the roles and responsibilities of the church to the elder? So first one is what do you think are the responsibilities of the elder to the church? Now, what do you think is the responsibility of the church to the elders or to the pastors? Go. Ten more seconds. And time. Now, if, if any of you are like me, you probably have a longer list of the roles and responsibilities of an elder to the church than you have of the roles and responsibilities of the church to the elder. See, we know exactly what we expect from our pastors or from our elders. 
We know exactly what we expect from our ministry team leaders or even from missionaries. But we are seldom taught about our responsibility to the shepherd or to the elders or to ministry team leaders or even to missionaries. So Paul, in the second letter, as you remember in the first letter, he brought up the responsibilities of honoring our elders. But in this second letter, he brings this again to the fore as he talks about the responsibility of the elder to the sheep and the responsibility of the sheep to the elders or ministry leaders. So Paul tonight is going to say, as we minister to you, you also have the responsibility to minister to us. And this is the two-way street of ministry. The first thing I'd like us to consider tonight is our responsibility. That is, pray for us. Pray for us. And by our, I mean the responsibility of the members to the elders or to ministry team leaders or to missionaries. Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 3, Finally, brothers, pray for us. So growing up, I, I only grew up with my older brother, and I must say, having an older brother is fun because I was the last born. So he always would, would test things out before me. So he would sort of be the guinea pig because uh, as well, he was the most confident of the two brothers. So from water slide to roller coasters to even different kinds of food, he would go before me and he would test it out. Now, this was great because if it didn't work for him or if he didn't like it, it would spare me the embarrassment of having to try it myself or get hurt in the process. Not only was he the guy who would test things before me, but he also played the role of protector. See, we lived in Hillbro, and living in Hillbro, we had frequent power outages and then not to add load shedding. Now, what would happen is when there was a power outage, it would be usually followed by gunshots and the shout of Vimba, Vimba, which means catch him, catch him. Somebody probably stole something and people are asking that he get caught and probably, probably apprehended. So whenever the lights would go out and we were coming back from church or from an event or from even the store, I would ask my brother to walk slightly in front of me. So that if, if something came up or if anything was to happen, he would be there to protect me. He would be there to see it first and alert me and say, bro, we need to run because something ahead of us is coming. See, the point is, me having an older brother always gave me the confidence to do things. He allowed me to conquer a lot of my fears and he also helped me to endure some things that I found to be difficult. So the question tonight is, how big is your God? Are you helping God or does God help you to fulfill his will and to accomplish all that he has commanded us to do? See, the Apostle Paul understood that, hey, if God did not go before him, the ministry he would be doing would be in vain. He asked the church in Rome, he asked the Corinthians, he asked the Ephesians, he asked the Philippians, he asked the Colossians, the Thessalonians, he even asked Philemon. If you go through all these letters, you will see the Apostle Paul asked all these people to pray for him. Because he knew that the fruitfulness of the ministry was because God answered the prayers of his people. I have a quote for us here by Spurgeon. Spurgeon once said, You cannot tell how much God's servants are helped by the prayers of his people. The strongest man in Israel will be the better for the prayers of the weakest saint in Zion. See, Paul did not underestimate his need for the prayers of his people. And tonight, I want to come before the church and, and sort of plead before you and say, Church, please pray for us. Pray for the elders at Central. Pray for us as pastors. Please pray for us. The ministers at Central are in desperate need of the faithful prayers of the people we minister to. We need your prayers for wisdom, your prayer for strength, your prayer for grace and patience as we endure the work that God has called us to. Church, we are fallible men. 
We are men who need God's rich grace to lead us in being effective ministers of reconciliation. You see, our gifts will never produce the fruit of righteousness if God by His Spirit does not go before us. I love what Moses said to God in Exodus. He says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in you going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Church, it is only God who makes us stand out in this wicked and crooked generation. For apart from God, we are like everyone else who walks in the folly of their own wisdom that leads them to destruction. So as you listen to this sermon tonight, I want you to ask yourself the question, when last did you pray for your leaders? When last did you pray for the pastors at Central by name, the elders at Central by name, your, your discipler, your Bible study leader? When last did you spend time praying for them outside of a 911 emergency? When last did you pray for our missionaries by name? As an aside, I loved Matthew Henry's commentary on this specific verse. And this is what he says. He says, those who are at great distance, as we are, those who are at great distance may meet together at the throne of grace. And thus, those who are not capable of doing or receiving any other kindness, yet this way do and receive real and very great kindness. See, though we cannot meet physically tonight, it is with great joy that we can meet, as it were, in the throne room of grace as we pray. All kneeling before the cross, knowing that we are recipients of grace as we worship God. It is a great display of love and kindness to pray for the saints of God. Especially tonight, Practical application. It is a great display of love and kindness to pray for the saints at Central, even though you do not see them. But I also want to send an encouragement. If you tonight are feeling lonely, if you tonight are feeling anxious, overwhelmed, and even abandoned in this season, I want you to boldly, with great confidence, go into the throne room of grace and receive love, receive God's goodness, receive His mercy, because in His throne room of grace, He gives of these things freely, and it is real. These aren't pie-in-the-sky concepts. These are real gifts that God gives to us. Now, coming back to our context here this evening, Paul says, pray for us. Pray for the ministry of God's word as it goes out in areas where it is not happily received. The first thing it says, pray for the proclamation of the word. You see this in verse 1. He says that the word of the Lord may spread ahead and be honored as happened among you. Listen to Paul's credentials. Paul was circumcised on the earth eighth day. He was of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and to the law he was a Pharisee. He was a gifted, competent fruit-yielding minister. He was logical. Even when you you read um, um, James and, 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 and James talks about, sorry, Peter, and Peter talks about, man, there are some things that Paul have, has written that are difficult. He was illogical. He was, he was persuasive. He was trained by Gaius. He was a religious man, but he was also submissive to the will of God over his life. And yet, this apostle, this, this great man, he knew that his giftedness was only made effective by the power of God that works in and through him. He knew that he was a fallible, sinful man, only made righteous by faith in the Holy Son of God. 
not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us and he still chooses to use us. Church, there's a great danger that lies ahead of those who are gifted. They are easily they easily gravitate to trusting in their own giftedness, seeing little to no need to pray for the ministry that they carry out. See, Paul knew this, and, and that's why he asked that the church would pray for the message even before they asked that they pray before the messenger. He says, pray that the message would go before, as it were, the messengers. He asked that the word of he asked that the church would pray that the word of God would speed ahead and be honored. Now that's an interesting phrase there. That the word of God would speed ahead. The phrase speed ahead can be translated have free course. So he says here, pray that God's word would not be hindered. Pray that God's word would have free course to reach its recipients. Why? Because Satan and his minions and the world are actively at work to hinder the progress of the gospel. And it is only God who can remove all these barriers that they have set up. For the gates of Hades shall not prevail against Christ, who is building his church by the proclamation of his word to the nations. Again, as an aside, we as preachers also can in some way be a hindrance to the work of God's word. Two passages you can consider, Mark chapter 7 verse 13 and 1 Corinthians 9 verse 12, where the Apostle Paul prays that, that uh, hey, we endured all things that we would not hinder the work of the gospel. We as preachers can get caught up in our own sin. We can get caught up in our pride, in our own little agendas or, or hobby horses, and even in laziness that we do not preach or live the truth in its entirety, leading people astray. So church, Pastor Charles, Isaac, and myself are no different as preachers. We need your prayers to endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Coming back to our our passage today, We come before you weekly proclaiming the word of God, but the church, sorry, but the church, sorry, but church, it is not our preparations, it is not our eloquent speech that will transform your lives, but it is God's word by his spirit. The elders, the missionaries, the ministry team leaders also are no different. Your mentor or disciple, they are no different. We all need God to prepare the soil ahead of us to produce the fruit of righteousness as it receives the seed of God's word. So pray. Pray that God's word would not be hindered by all the ministries here at Central. Pray for all who are responsible for the preaching and teaching in our ministries here at Central. Pray for our missionaries who are actively laboring for the gospel of Christ in foreign lands and even locally. Pray for more laborers here at Central to boldly proclaim Christ in all their spheres of influence. Church, Pray that God would let his word run ahead of us and be honored. For God's word to be honored, the gospel must penetrate hearts, convicting us of sin, revealing Christ to us as God, the the lamb without blemish, who died in our place and is risen again. He is seated at the right hand of God. And now, as a new convert, you strive to live for Christ. It is this gospel message, it is when this happens that this message is honored. Paul says, church, this happened to you. 
If you go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, you will see from verse 5 that these things happen to the church. The gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And you Thessalonians became imitators of us and of the Lord, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything about how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here is let your faith be the catalyst to praying for the faith of others. Seeing how God's word has penetrated my heart, how it has penetrated your heart and transformed your life, let that be the encouragement for you to pray for others to experience his grace too. Pray that others would also taste and see that indeed our God is good. So Paul here says, Pray for the proclamation of his word. The second thing he asks us to pray for is pray for the protection of the ministers. Pray for the protection of the ministers. You see this in uh, verses 2 and 3. That we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. Oh, but the Lord is faithful, and he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Remember in Paul's first letter, he had shared with the church of his intention to want to visit them, to see them, to fellowship with them, to see how their faith has grown. But he shared in the first letter that he couldn't because Satan hindered him. So here he says, man, there are many obstacles that have hindered him before to reaching this city. And he says, these obstacles are still present today. He sent the church warning, saying, see, they are evil men who have surrounded you. And they're also evil men who are within the church, who have crept into the church and are carrying the name Christian whilst leading many astray. These evil men taught another gospel. But like Paul says in Galatians, not that there is another gospel, but they taught another gospel which does not have Christ as Savior. They taught another gospel which does not have sin as man's chief problem, therefore leading many astray. There were others who would persecute Paul and the church for following Christ as king and not Caesar or the worthless idols that they worshipped. Church 2021, persecution is inevitable. We've been sharing around the Papuda Act, and I want to already say now, the Papuda Act is nothing but the beginnings. See, although we don't believe that these lockdown restrictions are persecution, I want to say, church, don't get comfortable. Do not relax, for as Paul says in this passage, not all men have faith. Many do not believe the gospel, for they will not embrace it themselves. As Amos would say, they hate him who reproves in the gate, and they abhor him who speaks the truth. And that is why they are malicious in their endeavors to oppose the gospel. Because it condemns them as sinners. So as you proclaim the truth, I want you to know with full assurance, you will suffer. But church, count it all joy for you are suffering for the sake of Christ. Just the government will start imposing on the gospel. They will start imposing on the message that we preach. It may not be today. It may not be this year. It may not be in the next five years. But it will happen because the government will seek to please the masses at the expense of our religious liberty. And we know that the masses will not all believe the truth. There are missionaries around the world who are already suffering 
at the hands of persecution, suffering at the hands of these wicked and evil men. There are many around the world who have already died for the faith. Usually we wait for mission conferences to hear about martyrs. That doesn't slow down martyrdom around the world. Others suffering for the sake of the cross as we speak. Others are being silenced. Others are being imprisoned like the Apostle Paul was for preaching Christ and Him crucified. But let's be encouraged as we'll see this tonight. God is faithful. I want us to just watch a video um, just to be challenged but also to be encouraged. The desert, a never-ending wilderness, barren and desolate. But even here, if you look closely, there's life to be found. These are yucca brevifolia, better known as a Joshua tree. This single tree could be hundreds, even thousands of years old. And that's because what you see is only part of the story. Underground, there's a massive network of roots going down to water, pulling that water out of the ground and storing it in the tree, keeping the tree alive, resilient to the desert wasteland. In the world today, one in eight Christians are discriminated against, oppressed, even attacked, just because they follow Jesus. They are desperate voices crying out in a dry land. When I became a Christian, my village turned against me. I no longer belong. In China, the government installed facial recognition cameras in our sanctuary. That camera can gather the private data of our church members. They will intimidate them, they will prevent them from going to church. Suna kone churches, suna ibe kaya mutane, suna kashi mutane, that means ana kashi krista wana So in a gani domin kristanchi ina kili. We know from this year's World Watch List that 340 million Christians live in places around the world where they are discriminated against or persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. That number is hard to imagine, hard to get your mind around. But we know that God is faithful. In the book of Isaiah, God tells his people, I will make new ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In midst of persecution, churches are growing more. Through the persecution, God is making the church grow. We are so united together like never before. We have a revival in our church, even in the severe persecution. God has sent a river into the wilderness, and His people are resilient. Like the Joshua tree, they're living boldly in the desert. And they depend upon the church, the roots of his family, for water and support. They are so encouraged by Christians from America. Pray for them, really care for them. It's like a body of Christ. When you read the 2021 World Watch List and let it touch your heart, when you commit to pray for your brothers and sisters who are persecuted around the world for their faith, you're helping God make rivers in the desert and helping his children to stand strong for him. The prayer is the core. When you don't know anything, just pray. When you don't understand anything, pray. You will understand. Open Doors has been called into this work to strengthen God's people in the desert and to help them overcome the odds. Will you join us? Uh, just a quick correction there. Um, he says, we help God to make a river in the desert. I would really have preferred him to say, God uses us to make a river in the desert. We are simply instruments of God and, um, and He uses us in these places. But I must say that, isn't it encouraging that, that the Lord will and has established the church in the desert? 
In, in, in his church, there's life even when we are surrounded by death. We can be comforted and confident even when we don't have any earthly reason to be, to be confident because God is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. The devil is at God's mercy. He in, the, he, in like the story of Job, has no free reign to do whatever he wants to do in your life. So believe that God will always provide a way of escape as you face temptations today. God still has and will continue to use your trials and tribulations to only bring forth the fruit of Christ-likeness. But I know it hurts. But church, know that this hurting for a season, when it comes to an end, it produces that gold of holiness. Church, we need to develop a discipline of praying for the success of the gospel as it is preached here at Central. And when I say the success of the gospel, I'm talking about we need to develop the habit or the discipline of praying for the success of God's word as it is proclaimed here at Central. As, as, as it is preached in Bible teaching churches around South Africa and, and as it is preached across the world. Every Sunday, develop the discipline to in the morning pray that as God's word is going out, it will not be hindered. Pray for the safety and security for the messengers. As they face these perverse men who look to hinder the progress of the gospel, pray that God would protect them. Now this was the first side of the two streets, the two-way street of ministry. The other side of the street is, as we pray for you. Pray for us as we pray for you. We see this in verses 4 to 5. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. In Paul's prayer here, he gives us a summary of the Christian life. He prays that they would love God, and he also prays that they would keep his commands with, steadfast, with the steadfastness of Christ. The prayer here is simple, that the church would mature in Christ. But it's beautiful to note that Paul's confidence wasn't in the church's natural ability to love God or to keep his commands, but in his, his confidence was in the one who started the work in them. His confidence was in God. So he prays. Pray for God-given ability, number one. And we see this in verse four. Church, I hope this is a reminder to us that our desire for faithfulness and devotion comes from God. Our faithfulness to being doers of God's word comes from Him. Our desire to love others as He has loved us comes from Him. So therefore, church, abide in Him. Again, I love the words of Matthew Henry who says, God, who magnified the law, and made it honorable, will glorify the gospel and make that honorable, and so will glorify his own name. And good ministers and good Christians may very well be contented to be little, to be anything, to be nothing, if Christ be magnified and his gospel be glorified. May we respond like John the Baptist. Who said, therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. Another commentator would say about the Thessalonians, that the Thessalonians' confidence for whatever they might need and face was an unending trust in the provision and faithfulness of the Lord and His powerful word. 
Notice that their confidence wasn't in themselves, but it was in God. I earnestly pray tonight, and I can say with assurance that the elders at Central pray together with me. We pray that though we are not meeting physically, that you are doing and will continue to do the things that you have heard us preach from the Scriptures. We pray that your faith may blossom in the desert as it were, as you lean on Jesus. As you lean on his word, as you lean on his spirit, may you be faithful in your devotion to Jesus and may you be active in your love for others. May your devotion be seen in your obedience to his commands. The second thing he prays for and the last thing tonight, he prays for God-given direction. He says in verse 5, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. The truth about our hearts is that we are often distracted by pleasures. We are often distracted by burdens and we are often distracted even by the worries of this age which bring about fear. We bear a great deal of pain as we constantly misplace our affection on things and not on God. And it is because of our sin and our misery that we place our affections on fleeting things, leaving us unsatisfied and wanting more and leading us to discontentment and disgruntlement. So we need God to direct our hearts daily to loving Him. We don't wake up in the morning usually and just say, I'm ready, I'm ready to love God today. <laughs> we need to wake up each day asking God to redirect our hearts to have Him as our ultimate pleasure. We need enough grace for each day to love God well. Because our hearts naturally want to please the flesh. So each morning, each morning God gives us an opportunity to renew our minds to the goodness of Jesus. To renew our minds that nothing compares to Jesus. To renew our minds that all that I have and all that I will ever need rests in the faithful hands of my loving Savior and groom, Jesus Christ. The King of kings, the Lord of glory, and the sovereign God. So church, Jesus is our benchmark. We are to see as he did and mimic what he did. Paul says in verse 5, with the steadfastness of Christ. See how Christ endured and mirror that as you live on this earth. He endured all things to fulfill the will of the one he loved dearly. Remember what he said? Not my will be done, but his, the will of the Father. He showed us his love for the Father by obeying each and every command that the Father had given to him. This same Jesus calls us tonight and he says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. He says, He who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. If you love Jesus, you will keep his commandments. And in keeping his commandments, you show him that you love him and the Father. John MacArthur would comment on Paul's intention here as he writes to the church. Paul is saying to the Thessalonians and by application to us tonight, he's saying, I want you to know more about God's love so that you can love God more. He is saying, I want you to know more about Christ's endurance so that you can endure more. He's saying, I want you to grow spiritually in your love and in your endurance. This is the point because, hey, you're not there yet. He says, I want you to advance in love and advance in patience under persecution as Christ did. Reality check for all of us 
is we're not yet there. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done. But for us to do this work, we need to look to Jesus and to nobody else. We need to be dependent on Jesus, dependent on His Spirit and faithful in His Word. So to close tonight, the responsibility of the minister is to pray for the church. That the Lord may direct the church's heart to a love for God and to a steadfastness of Christ. But the church's role is to pray for the minister. That the word of God may have free course and not be hindered by the wicked men and the evil one. Pray that as they minister, that the Lord would protect them. That is the two-way street of ministry. May we see that more and more from us here at Central. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray tonight for everyone listening to this sermon. May they know more about your love so that they can love you more. Lord, teach us about Christ's endurance so that, God, we can endure more. Help us, Lord Jesus, to grow spiritually in your love and in your endurance. Lord, enable us to advance in love and advance in patience under persecution as Christ did. And Lord, thank you. Thank you that as your word has gone out and and is going out, it shall not return to you void, but it will accomplish what you please and it will prosper in the thing for which God you have sent it. Lord, we pray tonight that this would be true of your word. As Lord, I have brought it as a herald. May you use it to edify your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, before you go, won't you just let us know who was watching? Um, nobody, nobody does this usually, so I'm hoping that today will be different. So before you leave, uh, just say hi. The Mybergs were watching. Um, this is what Tumi, I know she's watching. So if she doesn't do it, you guys can. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, if you guys can just tell us who was watching, um, just to let us know who was who was there. Um, and yeah, just so we can be encouraged that there was at least some sort of weird togetherness. Um, but to, re- to wrap us up tonight, I just want to encourage us from um, Paul's prayer for the Colossians. I mean, I pray this for us as well. Um, I pray that God will help us to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Praise God that he delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Trust that you have a blessed night tonight, and God bless.